and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking with me, Delia Delore, the podcast where we dissect popular mottos, mantras, and metaphors, chasing their origins and finding how they translate to everyday life. Each week, we have a special guest who resonates with their chosen expression. How are you and your family doing? I hope all is well, and if it isn't, think positive and keep strong. I've had a busy week. I've been traveling and interviewing many award-winning people. One is my guest today, and I'll tell you more soon. And the other is an award-winning artist and America's first Black Miss America. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Vanessa Williams. We spoke about one of her favorite metaphors, and I'll share it with you in another program. Our guest today is violinist, conductor, and educator, Anyango Yabo Davenport. She's been a guest on Metaphorically Speaking before, but as I was with her recently in Columbia, South Carolina, when she was all dolled up before accompanying Vanessa Williams, and as both artists were dolled up, I thought it was a great opportunity to talk about our metaphor chosen by our writer, Abby Sames. The metaphor, if you haven't guessed it already, is dolled up. Did you know the term doll was once a term of endearment for a female pet? Neither did we. Stay tuned to find out more. Fetch your shiniest shoes and fix your hair, folks, because today we discuss the phrase dolled up and look into the origins and connotations of calling someone doll. The term dolled up, as some of you may know, means to dress smartly and attractively, but the word doll itself has had various meanings through time, and not all of them are good. In the 5050s, the term doll originated in England as a term of endearment for a female pet or as a nickname for a mistress whose full name was Dorothy. By the 1610s, The word came to mean sweetheart. However, in the 1640s, it became an insult. A term once used to mean one who is desired became a way to call a woman dirty and untidy. Eventually, calling someone a doll was meant in the literal sense to compare someone to a child's toy baby. This is how we know the word doll today, to mean a small model of a baby or a girl used as a children's toy. Nowadays, we use the word doll as a compliment, a way to call someone a considerate or attractive person. But is the term more derogatory than we realize? Is being called a doll flattering or patronizing? A doll is fixed in different positions and is dressed and changed to look whatever way a child wants. Similarly, women historically have often been placed on pedestals for their looks, especially by men. What comes to mind is the myth of Pygmalion and Galati, a Greek tale of a sculptor who despised and shunned women, vowing never to marry. 
One day, he crafted an ivory sculpture of a perfect woman falling in love with the statue, a beautiful, silent, passive statue. He eventually went to the goddess Aphrodite to pray for a wife as perfect as his sculpture. His wish was granted. The statue was brought to life and they lived happily ever after. Pygmalion fell in love with the vision of a woman without a voice or a presence. This myth reflects the idea of a woman being admired the way an object is, much like a doll, rather than for her merit, personality or thoughts. Does that sound familiar? I think we all know of this idea too well, even in this day and age. Traditionally, we are taught to get dolled up for other people, to impress family, friends and potential lovers, or to keep the spark alive in a relationship. But perhaps it's better to just get dolled up for ourselves. After all, we can't please everybody, so we may as well please ourselves. I do my hair talk. Award-winning violinist Anyango Yabo Davenport was born and raised in Munich. Anyango comes from a musical family. Her father, the late Austrian conductor Hans-Peter Jillick, and her mother is the African-American soprano Africa Yabo Davenport. Anyango is celebrated for her artistic precision, virtuistic performances, moving interpretations, and innovative programming. Anyango, welcome back to Metaphorically Speaking. Of course, I had to speak to you because we are in the same place and we don't have the opportunity to do that very often because you're so far away from me, no matter where I am, you're so far away from me. And of course, we've been together at the Colour of Music Festival. It's the first live performance since COVID. How does that feel, getting back to what you love to do the most? It feels incredible, Delia, not only that I get to sit here with you in the same room even, but getting back on stage and performing for a live audience, feeling their energy, feeling their enthusiasm and appreciation, and most importantly, being able to make that music with my colleagues makes all the difference because you value every single experience that you used to take for granted 10 times more. And coming back to the lockdown, not necessarily just music, was there anything positive that came out of being away from everyone? Oh, absolutely. I think what was very positive for me is that it was an opportunity to catch up on the things I wanted to do for a long time, be that cleaning my technique, um, trying to discover new repertoire, new pieces. Um, and sometimes it's just good to go down to zero and disconnect a little bit and recharge your, your proverbial batteries. So for me, it was a really fruitful experience up to a certain point, but then once you have done your work, must get back and bring it back to the table. So I, I just am grateful to be back on stage. But did the experience change direction for you in any way? 
did you feel that, you know what, I'm not really going on the track that I want to? Because we found within, you know, talking to everybody else, of course, the levels of anxiety and depression went up. It gave people the opportunity to realize, I really don't like this profession. I want to do, do something else. And it also made people realize, you know what, I can achieve certain things. And I haven't really taken the time to do that. And then they do that. Did anything like that happen for you? Um, in certain ways, I think it has accelerated my actions on realizing the important steps I need to take to continue on this path that I've been on since I was two years old because this is truly what I love doing. I dabbled in medicine for a little while and it just called me back to the violin specifically. I also played piano in, in undergraduate um, professionally. I started with both instruments, but the violin has always called for me and it's always been an opportunity also to express myself in many different ways, not just in front of an audience, but also just at home when I, when I need to do some, let's call it mental cleaning, some time alone, some recentering and refocusing of myself. And that the violin allows me to do all of that. And music allows me to do all of that and keep growing, keep developing and continue to be a student, not just of life, but also of the instrument of my craft. And for me, it, this pandemic, the isolation, allowed me to basically focus in because I did not have to do everything while tired, coming back jet-lagged or getting between flights. I really could sit down and take the time and think and continue to do what I wanted to do and, and accelerate my path. So I, I do well with isolation. I'm an only child, so... <laughs> <laughs> in a certain way, I was I was very comfortable with it, um, but it's time now to get back on stage. Now you you speak again. Every time I ask you something that has a little hint of personal, you go right back to the violin. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but it just shows your passion and your dedication. Now, over the last few days, we've had some new people as part of the orchestra. And we've had, of course, uh, the um, musicians that we've had along the years. What has that felt like for everyone to be together once again? Um, I think we are more appreciative of each other's being, of each other's company and of each other's contributions because playing all these pieces alone, living this episode alone, we had to realize how much we built on each other's shoulders. Um, in many different ways, as a society, as musicians, as colleagues, as, as students, as professionals. Um, so I think I have a heightened awareness of what people bring to the table and appreciating it more consciously. I experience myself being more present and I see that in my colleagues as well. Um, Perhaps even the tone of conversation is just a tad more sensitive to each other's needs. And, and we always like to take care of each other, really, truly. At the Color of Music Festival, no matter if we see each other every concert or we see each other every other year, 
Um, we like to take care of each other and make sure we're good. There were little check-in messages during the pandemic. Hey, are you doing okay? What are you doing? Do you need help with something? You want to have a conversation? Let's have a let's have a conversation. No problem. Over Zoom, uh, or let's have dinner together over Zoom. <laughs> but it was always a matter of reconnecting with each other, if you knew each other well or not. So that's been really wonderful. So how does our metaphor this week all dolled up resonate with you in any way? So the the phrase all dolled up connects with me in two different, very distinct ways. The first way, of course, is that I always think of the iconic Dolly Parton, because she's a phenomenal singer, self-made woman, uh, self-made businesswoman, and um, who cleverly navigates the two worlds of fulfilling a stereotype to a certain extent by her exterior, by her mannerisms. Yet, on the other hand, she's the complete opposite in how she leads her life, how she conducts herself, and uh, what she's achieved. And um, so that that is one way that it connects with me. The second way it connects with me is as a soloist. And um, I did a little bit of modeling on the side when I was growing up. It connects with me in the way that we sometimes, um, as women, we have to adhere to certain stereotypes or certain expectations that others put on us of how we can show up on stage. I mean, I just look on my, at my colleagues. Um, they comb their beard, if they even have one, uh, put on a tux and go out on stage. And for us as women, depending if we're the soloist or not, we have a very long get ready time that can range from 15, 20 minutes to to over an hour. Um, and And the thing is that we haven't redefined actively yet as women in in show business. Um, how we want to establish the rules to, that is acceptable. Because even our female colleagues, if we don't show up with eyeliner or lipstick or whatever, they will also look or say something. And these might just be unconscious, funny remarks, but that truly cuts deep. Because that student that is uh, interning in the orchestra in the last row, she overhears it and it, it records on her subconscious. And so it gets perpetuated. So I think we have to be more proactive leaders, in, in my opinion, that we make sure we are accepting of all ways that a woman would like to present herself on stage with dignity, with respect, and make sure we don't subconsciously propagate stereotypes that are being placed on us by other people. From what you've said, I pulled just one little thing that I think a lot of us have taken for granted, and that is the fact that when we say all dolled up or dollied up or whatever way you want to say it, we always think it's feminine. It's always about the woman. But when you say come beard, dressing black, I think of the men too. They're dolled up, you know, and they, you know, because they are trying to look their best. They are trying to fit the establishment, the place that they're supposed to be in. But yet it's just always been a feminine thing. And I'm wondering if I said to, you know, a man, oh, you're all dolled up, whether he would take offense. Probably would. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you got, you know, you brought that thought to the table for me. But once again, I want to say thank you for spending the time with me. It's been really nice, even though we haven't had a lot of time, but 
at least we had a, you know we had lunch we managed to catch up on family and everything and it's always a pleasure to discuss things even though we are not together very often sometimes there are friendships and relationships that you don't need to see that person every day but you know that they're there and you do know that if something happens that you can call and they will extend support and help in whichever way they want so i want to thank you for that friendship and also to let you know that i follow you on facebook all the time and everything that you do <laughs> Because you're, you know, you're passionate about what you do. And before I met you and the Color of Music Festival, I think like many people within the community, I just thought, well, oh, music, music. I didn't think classical music by black classical, you know, professionally trained musicians. So I think it's, I thank you for bringing that, you and Lee Pringle and, and Jackie, bringing that to my attention. And tonight I am looking forward more than anything else that we had is to, for um, for the orchestra to perform um, John Wineglass's piece, I I just love that piece. I I cry. I and I just wish I could I could show the whole world what it's like to be on stage and to hear that piece. And actually, I'm going to uh, ensure that my listeners hear it now. So thank you. Thank you, Delia. Well, there we are, some really interesting thoughts from our guest today. Whilst we think on that, let's learn some more on our chosen metaphor for this week, Dolled Up. So what about dolls in the literal sense? In 1959, one of the most famous dolls of all time was invented. Of course, it was the Barbie doll. She was thin, tall, and pale-skinned with blonde or brown hair and large breasts. The doll itself, whilst being one of the most popular dolls of all time, has developed controversy over the years for several reasons, including its unrealistic body proportions, creating concerns that children will develop issues with self-esteem. A past example of this was shown in 1963, when one of the Barbie outfits came with a book entitled How to Lose Weight, which advised, don't eat. Unrealistic body proportions in Barbie dolls have also been connected to some eating disorders in children. There have also been issues with the Barbie doll in the past concerning diversity and gender stereotyping in women. The first African-American dolls introduced were made from the same molds as the Caucasian dolls, therefore having Caucasian features, which wasn't changed until 2006. In July 1992, the company released Teen Talk Barbie, which spoke a number of phrases, including, will we ever have enough clothes? I love shopping. And math class is tough, which enforces specific stereotypes about how women are. However, in recent developments, according to a 2020 study, Playing with dolls may actually be very beneficial for the development of children. Neuroscientists from Cardiff University and Barbie, registered Barbie that is, have collaborated in a study on the effects of children playing with dolls. They monitored brain activity in children aged 4 to 8 whilst interacting with Barbie dolls 
and found that the area of the brain that deals with social information processing, such as empathy, was engaged. They even made comparisons to children playing with interactive tablets both on their own and with other children. Dr. Sarah Gerson, one of the neuroscientists from Cardiff University, said the following on the subject. So what we found is that a particular area of the brain that's known to be important for kind of understanding other people and empathy, so understanding other people's emotions, was active when children were playing with dolls. And it was active both when children played with dolls with another person, a kind of playmate, um, and when they played with dolls on their own. So doll play may provide a unique opportunity for children to practice social interactions. Playing with dolls is often an example of make-believe or plain pretend, which encourages children to think about others. The benefits were even shown to be equal for both boys and girls. So perhaps with this in mind, as well as developments that Barbie has made to make their dolls more inclusive and diverse to combat past issues, when your child asks you for a toy, should you suggest a dolly? Before reading the research presented to me, I didn't identify the phrase to be insultive, but I can understand why some people could be made to feel the phrase dolled up. Being called a doll could be an insult. It's like being compared to an object whose only purpose is to look pretty and be played with. It could make people feel like an objectified thing. And to Abby, our writer, it still does. Especially now she knows that it was originally used not to refer to a mistress, but a pet, both of which would have been considered a man's property at the time. However, the slight detour the research took into looking at the effects of dolls on children has convinced me that dolls themselves may be very beneficial. Have they historically been physically limited? Yes. But with a bit of tweaking to make their image more diverse for children of all kinds to be able to relate to, I'm now convinced that dolls may be a great tool for a child's development. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Metaphorically Speaking with Delia Delore. And of course, a big thanks once again to Anyango Yabo Davenport for sharing her thoughts on our metaphor this week, Dolled Up. And look out for Vanessa Williams' metaphor. It's coming soon. Don't forget, if you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show, you can reach us at delia at metaphoricallyspeaking.uk. And we'd love you to share the show with your friends or leave a review on colorful.com or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is on Apple, Spotify, and all major streaming platforms. And of course, here on Colourful, just go to colourful.com forward slash presenters. You'll see me there. Or under shows, you'll see Metaphorically Speaking there. So that's a great first point of contact if you'd like to get to me quickly. We depend on you to help us grow so we can produce the best content for you to enjoy. I know this week I'm going to be thinking about the metaphor dolled up because I've learned so much about the word doll and where it came from. Join us for another metaphor next week. I'm Delia Delore. Keep safe. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Metaphorically Speaking. 
Created by Delia Delore Productions, with original distribution by Colourful, this episode was hosted by Delia Delore and had segments written by Abby Sames. Script supervisor, Sabina Lauchopra-Garcia. Production assistance and social media graphics by Odua Osemwenke. The final programme was edited by Jonathan Woods. And social media videos by Ernie Deneve.